From the studios of One Jack's Productions, this is The Revealing, a ministry of One Baptist Church in Jacksonville, Florida, with your hosts, Senior Pastor Frank Silvaggio, Associate Pastor Robert Ingle, and Praise Leader Chris Wing. All right, well, uh, welcome back once again to another episode of The Revealing. Uh, we are in the uh, midst of talking about the three judgments in the Bible. Uh, last time we talked about the uh, judgment seat of Christ, and uh, if you didn't have an opportunity to listen to that, I would uh, uh, highly suggest that you take the time to go do that. Uh, I certainly will explain uh, what, uh, what that particular judgment is about. Uh, this time we're going to be talking about the other two judgments in the Bible, and that is the sheep goat judgment and the great white throne judgment. Uh, and uh, so understand that in the Bible there are three people groups. First uh, Corinthians ten thirty two tells us there's the uh, the uh, the church of God. There's the church. Uh, I'm sorry, the Jew, and there's the Gentile. Each one of these judgments uh, has a very specific uh, uh, judgment that's going down for each one of the three people groups. Now, other people can be a part of these judgments. Uh, uh, do not understand. But there is a specific and primary purpose for each one. Uh, so in other words, uh, the first judgment that is going to take place, uh, and by the way, these are in order, uh, the first judgment that's going to take place is the judgment seat of Christ, which is going to take place just after the rapture of the church. Um, and those people that, can, that will be at that judgment are born-again believers. Uh, so of course, uh, somebody who is a Gentile can be a born-again believer, and somebody who is a Jew can be a born-again believer. Uh, so although... The Bible is written to uh, the church, the Gentile, and the Jew. Uh, do understand that particular people groups can be a part of different uh, people groups, if you if you will. Uh, a Jew and a Gentile can be part of the church. Okay, so they can all will they will all be the ones that will be at the judgment seat of Christ. If you've accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior, if the blood of Christ saves you, if you believed on the gospel and received the gospel, then you, no matter what who you are. Uh, where you come from, uh, you will be uh, part of the judgment seat of Christ. Uh, God is no respecter of persons. He knows nothing about racism. He knows nothing about any of those things. Uh, as far as he's concerned, all are part of the body of Christ uh, if they accept him as Lord and Savior. Uh, so uh, that's the judgment seat of Christ. Uh, now we're going to talk about the sheep and goat judgment. Uh, the sheep and goat judgment, uh, just if you're listening, uh, if you want to make reference to it, can be found in Matthew uh, chapter 25. And uh, what the sheep and goat judgment entails, uh, and, and listen, we, we were talking about the judgment seat of Christ last time. We're talking about these two different judgments this time. We're certainly not looking at every aspect that we can look at. Uh, within each one of these judgments. Uh, we didn't hit probably 90% of the stuff we could have talked about on the judgment seat of Christ. Uh, we're just simply trying to get you to, uh, if you're listening, to, to have an understanding of what these things are uh, so that you can kind of get in the Bible and do your own uh, uh, study on it and learn, learn some things um, uh, on your own. Uh, for instance, in the judgment seat of Christ, we, we could have spent a whole, we probably could spend a whole hour talking about Genesis 49. And, and how that relates to the judgment seat of Christ. Uh, and, and you go, wait, wait a minute. I thought that was the chapter where Jacob's talking to his 12 boys. Uh, yeah, it is. How does that relate to the judgment seat of Christ, I wonder? Uh, anyways. We uh, could do the same thing for jo Job 26. Absolutely. Job no, 26 is the, 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 the six questions that most likely are going to be answered 
or asked uh, on the day of judgment. Uh, so yes, uh, uh, so so we d- certainly aren't delving into this as deep as we could, uh, but that's the beauty of the Bible, man. It just gives us the ability uh, to do that, and you know, if as long as we study to show thyself worthy and approved unto God, uh, we will uh, be able to start understanding First Corinthians two, the deep things of God. Uh, so let's okay, let's talk about this sheep and goat judgment. So so first and foremost, it's important to understand uh, that the sheep and goat judgment uh, is not a parable. Uh, it's not a uh, 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 some uh, event that Jesus is talking about in 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 a, a picture. It's an actual thing that's going to take place, and it's going to take place at the end of the tribulation period. Uh, so after the seven, so so the the rapture takes place, judgment seat of Christ, seven year tribulation. Jesus' second coming. He's coming back with his bride, his church. He uh, executes his judgment on planet Earth. Uh, Armageddon takes place. Now Jesus is getting ready to set up his millennial kingdom here on planet Earth. At this moment, at this time, is when the sheep and goat judgment will take place. Uh, And so what is the sheep and goat judgment? Well, understanding that first and foremost, the tribulation is uh, uh, God's executing his wrath on, on planet Earth but it is also called in the Bible the time of Jacob's trouble. And the, the point of, of, of the tribulation is to convince Israel that Jesus is their Messiah. Th- that is the primary point of the tribulation. It is the 70th week of Daniel. And we talked about that in, 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 uh, in some previous episodes as well. Uh, it is the culmination of, of the uh, requirements in Daniel 9.24, uh, of, of the f- fulfilling of the prophecy of, 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 of anointing the most holy uh, one, which was Jesus. It's putting him on his rightful throne that he finally deserves. And by the way, that rightful throne that he finally deserves is the throne of David. He is going to sit on the throne of David in Jerusalem, king over all the earth, Amen. secondary, if you will, because primarily he is the king over the Jews. He is the king of the Jews. Um, and I say secondary only just to help us understand that he is going to sit on the throne uh, of David in Jerusalem. Um, this is what the sheep goat judgment's all about because the sheep goat, goat judgment has to do with the 70th week of Daniel, that seven year tribulation of convincing the Jew. That Israel, I mean, that Jesus is their long awaited Messiah, long awaited Messiah. Now, can Gentiles be at the sheep goat judgment? Yes, they can, uh, and their basis is going to be based on how they treated the Jew right. during the seven year tribulation period. Do note, uh, the sheep goat judgment uh, is for all Jews uh, that whether whether they're. Uh, 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 Good or bad, okay? All Jews will be at the sheep go judgment, and their judgment will take place there. Are okay. all Jews in the tribulation period? Right, right. Jews yeah. today, uh, if they're if they're saved, they're Messianic Jews. That's the judgment seat of Christ. If they're not, they're lost at the great white throne. Right, right. Okay. Um, and so uh, it's important to understand that. Um, so when we're looking at this judge, this uh, excuse me, uh, this uh, sheep go judgment. Uh, God is looking at people as, uh, and during that period of time, uh, as either sheep or as goats. Sheep 
are ones that follow a shepherd. Goats are ones that follow whomever. Isn't it interesting that uh, uh, when you see uh, pictures uh, of, of uh, Satan or, or things to that matter, uh, he's always pictured as a goat's head. Okay. Yeah. Something like that. Um, very rele- relevant to the fact that in the tribulation period, of course, the Antichrist and Satan is going to play a prominent role uh, to what's taking place during that time. So, so either you followed the sheep, either, either you were a sheep that followed the shepherd, or you were a goat that followed you know, the Antichrist and, 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 and uh, um, uh, Satan, ultimately Satan. So let's go ahead and hop in Matthew 25. I think, Chris, you're going to go ahead and read to us the uh, passage where Jesus talks about this particular judgment. Uh, you want me to read from uh, 31 to 37? Yeah, that sounds good. Okay. Uh, Matthew 25, 31. When the Son of Man shall come in his glory and all the holy angels with him, then shall he sit upon the throne of his glory, and before him shall be gathered all nations, and he shall separate them one from another, as a shepherd divideth his sheep from the goats, and he shall set the sheep on his right hand, but the goats on, on the left. Then shall the king say unto them on his right hand, Come, ye blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you, for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungered, and ye gave me meat. I was thirsty, and ye gave me drink. I was stranger, and ye took me in. Naked, and ye clothed me. I was sick, and ye visited me. I was in prison, and ye came unto me. Then shall the righteous answer him, saying, Lord, when saw we thee hungered, and fed thee, or thirsty, and gave thee drink? When saw we thee a stranger, and took thee in, or naked, and clothed thee? Or when saw we thee sick, or in prison, and came unto thee? And the king shall answer and say unto them, Verily I say unto you, inasmuch as ye have done it unto one of the least of these, my brethren, ye have done it unto me. So, um, you know, unfortunately, and, and, and listen, I understand why people do it. You know, oftentimes we'll hear in church, "Oh, we want to be we we want to be told well and well done, good and faithful servant," uh, and certainly they're pulling that from Matthew twenty five, and and I think there's a spiritual application to that. Certainly, uh, as uh, part of the church of God, uh, we do want to be told well done and done, good and faithful servant, uh, because it's in those moments that we uh, are earning our crowns. Uh, but do understand, from a doctrinal standpoint, uh, this is talking about. Uh, the the uh, the sheep and goat judgment, um, and the basis here uh, is going to be uh, how did uh, you treat the Jew during the tribulation, um, and 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 because because again the primary purpose of the tribulation is uh, to bring the Jew to the understanding that uh, Jesus is in fact their Messiah. Matter of fact, uh, Jesus won't return. Until the Jew, uh, as a uh, a nation, calls out uh, to Jesus uh, as their Messiah, uh, and they will do that as a nation uh, while they're in Petra, in the city of Edom, um, a city of Edom, uh, right there at the end of the tribulation period. That's where they're going to flee to for three and a half years uh, in the wilderness. Revelation twelve tells us uh, another biblical name for that place is called Basra. Uh, and so certainly we could do, do a whole uh, study and all that. But do understand, at the end of the tribulation period, uh, a remnant of Israel will be in the, uh, the city of, of Petra, Basra, uh, and uh, they will finally come to the end of themselves. The Antichrist's armies will have surrounded them. Uh, the point of the Antichrist in the second half of the tribulation is to completely wipe 
Israel off planet Earth once and for all to finish the job uh, that Hitler tried to do. Uh, and two-thirds of, of Israel will be destroyed during that time. Uh, but there is going to be this remnant uh, when, when, when it's looking bleak, man. It's, it's looking like it's finally over for the Jew, uh, that they are going to turn to Christ. And when they do that, uh, that's when the heavens will open and behold the white horse. Uh, and he that sits upon him who is faithful and true will, will return. And uh, he is going to return uh, to Basra first um, and uh, set the emotions of Armageddon uh, into place. But again, uh, this judgment, uh, particularly within itself, has to do uh, with uh, Israel and with how the Gentile nations treated Israel. Uh, we're going back to, if you will, to the way things and the way God dealt with people in the Old Testament. And, and one of the ways God dealt with people in the Old Testament uh, was, now, now listen, he, he, certainly, he certainly dealt with people on an individual basis, no doubt about it. But he also dealt uh, with nations. And so uh, when you get into the tribulation period, uh, it's going to revert back to uh, 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 that particular way that God deals with people. He's going to deal with Israel during that period of time, uh, and, and he's going to deal with uh, all the nations of the earth uh, in that particular time. Um, you know, you say, okay, well, if, if I'm a Jew living during that time, how, do, how am I a sheep? And so, Chris, do you want to maybe talk about if, I, if I'm a Jew, how do I become a sheep? It's how you treat the, the other brethren, or the Jews. Um, if you treat them well during this time of persecution, whether it be persecuted, especially the second half of the tribulation, if you treat them well, you know you take them in and you clothe them and you f all the things that Matthew 25 was talking about. If you do this during that time frame, uh, it, because you haven't taken the mark of the beast and, you, and you're uh, trying to aid and help the Jews who are being heavily persecuted by Antichrist by that second half of the tribulation, that that's what will be judged at this judgment and, and you will become one of the sheep. So it is, it is a works-based thing. You definitely sure. have to do something during this dispensation. So it's based on your treatment of uh, your other fellow Jews Jews in the okay, tribulation. So how, how would somebody during this period of time be a goat? That would be people who would take that mark of the beast and they would persecute the Jews. They would kill them. They would uh, sell them into slavery. They would uh, take their land and all these other things. You see a lot of this uh, mentioned in Joel chapter 3, by the way. But um, you treat them poorly and you persecute them. And, and all that's needed because, like you said earlier, Pastor Frank, uh, that, that last three and a half years, the Jews will be in Petra fleeing uh, from uh, the, um, the Antichrist. And so there will be a need for them to be taken in, as it were, to be clothed, to be fed, et cetera, et cetera. They'll almost be like refugees. Right, uh, right. Uh, no doubt. And, and do remember, um, you know, it has always been Satan's goal to wipe out the Jew. And, and the reason why it has been Satan's goal to wipe out the Jew is because he knows Genesis 3.15, like everybody else, he knows that the, 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 the Redeemer was going to come from the nation of Israel. And he knows that the requirement for the Redeemer to sit on the throne is going to be uh, the final... Uh, uh, acceptance of him as Messiah. 
And so, you know, he he knows that if he can wipe out the Jew, he can, if you will, he can negate the Bible. <laughs> uh, and it's as crazy as that sounds, uh, Satan actually thinks he can. And he's been doing that since Genesis 13. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, how many times in the Bible do you see uh, the nation of Israel being persecuted by surrounding nations and, and, and people trying to wipe them out and trying to destroy them and... And even into modern history, sure. look, look today, look at the Holocaust, look at, you know, what's going on with, with um, Israel and, and Iran and just anytime Israel pops up in the news, you, you have to just perk your ears up because there are some powers that are going on behind the scenes. Just think about the anti-Semitic view that's going on primarily in the world today and how much more that's becoming uh, relevant. That, that is Satan at work. You know, it is interesting that, and in, in, in this is kind of off subject, but I think relevant in the aspect that, you know, the Bible uh, predicted to the day that Israel returned back in that land on May 14th, 1948. Uh, thousands of years before that, Ezekiel nailed that thing to a T. And uh, I do think it's interesting uh, that nine years leading up to uh, the, their return to the land, uh, uh, Hitler rose to power and, and, and literally uh, almost succeeded in wiping, wiping the Jew out. Um, but God always promised that they'd be here. Uh, and God always uh, had his hand of protection on them. Uh, but do understand that as bad as the Holocaust was, and, and it was bad, uh, the tribulation period is going to be much, much worse. Uh, Zechariah tells us that two-thirds of, of Israel is going to get wiped out during the during the tribulation. Mm. Um, the Antichrist is going to be hard at work. Satan is going to be hard at work at destroying uh, the Jew during that period of time. So to put that into perspective, it was roughly a third of the Jews that were wiped out in World War II, and that was, what, some six million people? Mm. So two-thirds. I mean, you're talking millions and millions and millions. That's, probably a, double, that's a lot. Probably double what happened mm. uh, at Holocaust if, if we were just trying to throw... Some quick numbers on it, but okay. So again, this 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 judgment that takes place uh, is going to uh, have its basis on uh, uh, how how the Jew is treated during the tribulation period. And listen, uh, there's also a a, a a aspect to it because uh, he does say how you treated me is how you treated the brethren. So there is an aspect of of needing to. Uh, to uh, have called uh, on Jesus as well during the tribulation period. And although the, the, those folks will not be saved the same way we do, uh, so in other words, if you're living in the tribulation period and if you uh, accept Christ, um, the Holy Ghost doesn't come and live inside of you like he did uh, during this dispensation. Uh, hence the reason why in Matthew 24 it says you have to endure to the end. Mm. Because if you take the mark of the beast, it doesn't matter what you did with Jesus. You are damned for all of eternity. Um, you can, quote, unquote, if you will, you can lose your salvation during the seven-year tribulation period. Um, but things are going to work much, much differently then. Uh, listen, if you are a, uh, if you're living now and, and you uh, happen to be there uh, during the tribulation period, if it was in our lifetime that this takes place, and, and <laughs> I think it's very possible it may be, um, Understand, there's a couple things at work here. If you remember that uh, when we talked about the, the, the 
the mystery of iniquity, uh, how it's already at work, uh, do understand um, that this there's going to be a delusion that God's going to send uh, in this dispensation right near the end when he raptures his church up. All those that are left on planet Earth, um, you know, we could we could describe that as being left behind, if you will. Um, there, there is going to be, you're going to fall into one of two categories. One, you have been preached the gospel, you know the gospel, and either rejected it or were indifferent about it. Uh, or two, you never heard it. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, uh, what we don't understand is there's many people on planet Earth, uh, when the rapture takes place, that will have not have heard the gospel of Christ. Uh, you know, I hear a lot of missionary movements say that Jesus will return after we've preached the gospel to the whole world, the gospel of this kingdom to the whole world, quoting Matthew 24, right. uh, when the fact of the matter is Matthew 24 has nothing to do with the here and now. It has everything to do with the seven-year tribulation period. Uh, but beside the point, um, and the gospel of the kingdom is the gospel of the kingdom of Israel, not the gospel of the right. kingdom of God. Right. Uh, anyways, um, the point that, 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 that needs to be made there is that how somebody uh, uh, is determined to be a sheep is going to be based off of whether they accepted Christ or, 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 or whether they helped the Jew. So what that means is you don't necessarily have to accept Christ to get into the kingdom. And, and I think this is where people just, you know, again, does it matter necessarily for us? Well, if we're, if we're part of the body of Christ, no, because we're not going to be here. But we certainly need to make sure we understand doctrinally what's going to happen. We should certainly need to understand that if you've been preached the gospel now and you are indifferent about it or reject it, uh, once the tribulation period begins, you're going to be sent a strong, strong delusion where you're going to believe the lie uh, and you're going to accept the mark of the beast, which is going to damn you for all of eternity. So, you, you know, if you're sitting there going, well, I'll just wait and I'll figure it out then. Well, no, you won't figure it out then. Uh, you will be uh, prone uh, to believe the lie of Antichrist. Um, but even, even more so, what I want people to understand is, okay, there are people that will enter into the millennial reign of Christ uh, who did not necessarily accept Christ as a savior. And the reason why they entered in was because how they treated Israel during the tribulation period. Uh, and, and these are the people uh, that will play a role in um, what's going to take place during the thousand-year reign of Christ. Uh, do understand that during the thousand-year reign of Christ, there's still going to be sin on planet Earth. Sin is still going to play a role during that period of time. And it's going to be these people that are going to be uh, a part of that. Uh, why? The church, obviously, we've been raptured, we've been translated, we've gone through our judgment. We're now um, uh, in our new bodies, reigning with Christ for a thousand years. The Jew is going to be in its rightful place uh, in Jerusalem, sitting under their king. Everybody else, all the other Gentiles who didn't accept Christ but were good to the Jew that enter in, they're going to be the ones that we're, uh, we're ministering to uh, the church, as, as a church as we're kingdoms of uh, kings and priests during that period of time. 
they're going to be the ones that we are uh, having jurisdiction over. Uh, I hope all that made sense. <laughs> There's a lot of Bible verses that go into all that, uh, but just trying to set up the, uh, the the basic understanding of it. Yeah, so it is important to realize this when the timing of when this one takes place. This judgment does take place at the end of the uh, tribulation. Um, I don't know. Maybe we could take a few minutes to kind of set that up, if you if you want to, how that begins to take place. This uh, judgment, sure, how, how the stage sure. gets set for this actual judgment to take place. Now that we know what's going to be judged there, how about we set the stage of how it's actually going to look? Maybe. Okay. You okay with that? All right. So I, I talked about. I mentioned really quickly that Joel chapter three in the Old Testament is is definitely uh, referencing this particular judgment, but it, we've kind of covered that what this judgment is. I, I just want to, so after Jesus comes back and he does what you were saying, Frank, where he uh, executes his wrath on the earth and, uh, and he, he does his whole entire uh, spiel there and he's making his way from, uh, from Edom, from Petra, all the way to Jerusalem. He's riding on that white horse and he's executing his wrath and, and he's uh, taking those Jews with him. The church is behind him and, and we're all there for that. And as he as he makes his way to uh, Jerusalem, that's where he's headed from Petra. Once he gets there, that's when he actually steps foot off of his horse mm-hmm. and puts it onto the Mount of Olives. You see that in Zechariah fourteen four, mm-hmm. where it's prophesied. It says, "And his feet shall stand in that day," which you means you know which which time period we're talking about upon the Mount of Olives. Because there's a lot of people who think that that's where he's going to come when he comes back. He's first going to come to the Mount of Olives and put his feet there. That's not the first place that he comes to. He comes down there to Basra uh, with his garment stained red. I mean, Isaiah writes about that. Mm-hmm. He comes there first and makes his way to uh, the Mount of Olives in Jerusalem, and that's what Zechariah 14.4 uh, tells us. And then he puts his foot on that Mount of Olives, which is before Jerusalem on the east, and the Mount of Olives, and this is what's going to happen. It's going to cleave in the midst thereof toward the east and toward the west, and there shall be a very great valley and half of the mountain shall remove toward the north and half towards the south. So when he actually does put his foot on that Mount of Olives, he steps off of that horse, it's going to break open into two, and half of it's going to go north and half of it's going to go south, and it's going to create this valley. Okay, And then you go back to Joel chapter 3, and it talks about, For behold, in those days and in that time, when I shall bring again the captivity of Judah and Jerusalem, this is the time period he's talking about, right when that happens, when he steps foot on the Mount of Olives, I will also gather all nations, because all the nations at that time are going to be gathered together there, and will bring them down into the valley of Jehoshaphat, and will plead with them there for my people, the Jews, and for my heritage, Israel, whom they have scattered among the nations and parted my land, because this is what will be happening during that tribulation. This is what he's going to be judging them for for what they've done, and, uh, and they have cast lots for my people and have given a boy for a harlot and sold a girl for wine and they ha- that they might drink. You know, they traded him for slavery and so on and so forth. And so this valley of Jehoshaphat, which is what's going to happen when the Mount of Olives cleaves into two, is where this judgment's going to take place. And by the way, Jehoshaphat means Jehovah judged. Okay, so that's what he's going to be doing in this valley that's created once he steps foot off of that horse. And he's going to be judging... Uh, like we said, all, all the nations of the people and the Jews and everything for how for how they treated uh, the Jews in that time. And this is going to take place right then and there after he steps off of that, that white horse at the Mount of Olives. So yeah. that's the time frame and that's the location. And that Joel 3 passage, if we kept going, there are some oh other yeah. interesting things that you would want to take note of. Like Very verse 6, so. it says, The children also of Judah and the children of Jerusalem have you sold unto the Grecians. So there again, that treatment of the Jews during that period of time. 
Verse 7 says, Behold, I will raise them out of the place where you have sold them, and return your recompense upon your own head. There's the, uh, the, the reference to the sheep goat judgment. Verse 9 says, Proclaim ye this among the Gentiles. Prepare war. Wake up the mighty men. Let all the men of war draw near. Uh, beat your plowshares into swords. Uh, verse 11, assemble yourselves and come all ye heathen and gather yourselves together round about. Uh, again, a reference to Armageddon. Thither cause the mighty ones to come down, O Lord. Uh, let the heathen be wakened, come up to the valley of Jehoshaphat, for there will I sit to judge all the heathen round about. Mm-hmm. Uh, put ye the sickle, for the harvest is ripe. Come get ye down, for the press is full. The flats overflow, for their wickedness is great. Uh, again, that's a reference to the, 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 the great wine press of the wrath of God mm-hmm. in Revelation 14. And then, of course, it says, Multitude, multitudes in the valley of decision. For the day of the Lord is near in the valley of decision. Uh, and then, of course, it says here, uh, The sun and the moon shall be darkened, and the stars shall withdraw their shining. Um, and, and the Lord shall roar out of Zion and utter his voice from Jerusalem, and the heavens and the earth shall shake. Uh, but the Lord will be the hope of his people and the strength of the children of, of, of Israel. Again, just a dramatic uh, 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 explanation of what's going to happen in that day and how God is going to protect uh, his remnant yeah. uh, and, ha- and how God is going to uh, execute his wrath and that uh, in that valley of decision on that day, uh, either you are for him or you are against him. And uh, it is going to be made very, very clear uh, uh, the difference between the two. And, and also, right there, you read in Joel 3, 15 and 16, where it says, The sun and the moon shall be darkened, and the stars will withdraw their shining. You go back to Matthew 24 that we've been referencing, mm-hmm. and he says the very same thing. He says in Matthew 24, 29 through 31, he says, And immediately after the tribulation of those days, because remember, that's the time frame when this judgment takes place, um, shall the sun be darkened, and the moon shall not give her light. And, and by the, the way, that's the sixth seal yep. judgment. That's how we know that the the six seal or the seven seal judgments, the seven trumpet judgments, and the seven vile judgments are not a timeline. Uh, they're actually uh, three different tellings right. of the of the full story. So you compare scripture with scripture yep. here in Joel and Matthew twenty four and twenty five, and you can see the entire picture of how this particular judgment takes place. What's being judged there? Who's being judged? When it happens? And how? Right. You know, and if we had the time, I would also say a good another good place to go here would be Daniel. Uh, chapter 12 uh, is a is another excellent uh, uh, resource uh, to what's going on here uh, on the on this particular uh, day of judgment uh, but uh, that's beside the point uh, if you have time to, to, to kind of go in and, 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 and take a look at that um, you know I would I would definitely suggest you do you take the time to do that maybe maybe just maybe I'll just read uh, Daniel uh, 12 the first verse or two. You know, it says that at that time shall Michael stand up, the great prince was standing for the children of thy people. And there'll be a time of trouble such as never since was a nation, even at the same time. Uh, and many of them that sleep in the dust of the earth shall wake, some to everlasting life, some to shame and everlasting contempt. He's talking about the Jews because that's their judgment. Um, and, and, and again, uh, you know, when it says that Michael's going to stand up for his people, you think of Revelation chapter 12, that great war in heaven. Uh, when Michael uh, will uh, fight against Satan. Uh, just starting, like you said, Chris, just putting the pieces of the puzzle together, um, you start to see the whole picture of what this judgment's about. So again, let's just quickly recap. Uh, so at some point here in the very near future, the rapture of the church is going to take place, and the judgment seat of Christ is going to 
happen in, in heaven. The judgment is not going to be based on sin. It's going to be based on works. Uh, what the church, the body of Christ, as individuals, what we did for Christ in our bodies after we got saved. Rewards will be uh, handed out. Crowns will be handed out. Uh, inheritances will be met. Uh, those crowns will be used to cast before our, our husband on the day of the wedding, the marriage uh, uh, supper uh, that will take place uh, during the tribulation period. At Down here on planet Earth, the seven-year tribulation is taking place. Uh, at the end of the seven-year tribulation, uh, the Lord returns with his bride uh, to execute judgment on planet Earth. He's, he goes to Basra first. He gets the remnant of Israel that finally called upon him. Uh, as their Messiah. He brings them to Jerusalem. He opens up this great valley of, de of, of decision. Uh, and there at that point in time, the Arm Armageddon takes place. Uh, all the nations of the earth are judged accordingly. Uh, this then begins uh, the, the millennial reign of Christ where Jesus is going to sit on the throne of David in Jerusalem. The first order of business is going to be uh, the, the sheep goat judgment is going to determine who's allowed to be in the millennial reign and who is not. And we have a thousand-year reign on, on earth where Christ is going to reign from the uh, throne of David for a thousand years. There is going to be sin during that time. People will be able to die during that time. Uh, there's a lot of things that people don't understand about the millennial reign of Christ that, that, that are important that maybe we'll talk about in a future podcast. But do understand this, that at the end of the thousand-year reign, Satan's going to be released for a little time, and all those that did not during that thousand-year period of time, uh, all those that, even though Christ was sitting on the throne, even though the church was on planet Earth, even though all these things were going on, even though Satan was sitting in a, a prison for a thousand years, people were still rebelling against God. The whole point of all that, by the way, is to, to, to let us know that Satan isn't the one that leads people to hell. We do it on our own. Right. Okay, uh, uh, Satan is going to be destroyed very quickly. All those that rebelled against uh, uh, Christ during that time are going to be destroyed. Uh, then uh, we're going to enter, enter into uh, the e eternity future. Uh, what begins eternity future is this. Uh, uh, Satan's going to uh, be uh, uh, cast into the lake of fire. Uh, where the false prophet and the uh, the the, the uh, uh, um, antichrist. antichrist is, right, uh, and then the the great white throne judgment is going to take place. Mm. So the great white throne judgment is the final judgment that takes place at the end of the tribulation period. So again, the first judgment, judgment seat of Christ for the church, Jew or Gentile could be a part of that. The second, but but the church, of course, is the primary focus. The the judge uh, the, the sheep goat judgment. Uh, is Israel is the primary focus, but Jew or Gentile can be sheep or goat. Okay, now we're at the great white throne judgment, and now this judgment is for uh, all those that are going to be sent and cast into the lake of fire. Many people do not understand the great white throne judgment. Mm. It's been taught very, very wrong. Mm. Uh, I would be willing to bet you uh, that many people who are Christians think they're going to the great white throne judgment. Right. I just promise you... <laughs> If you are at the great white throne judgment, it's because many said to me in that day, Lord, Lord, and he never knew them. He said, depart from me. That's why you're at the great white throne judgment now. Mm -hmm. um, it is not the judgment you want to be at if you are a Christian. Uh, and so, uh, Robert, why don't you go ahead and read in Revelation 20 um, 
the, the what talk what, what he talks about. Yeah, yeah, I will. And you bring up a very good point uh, before I, I read this. Um, uh, if you ask a lot of Christians today, self-professed Christians, they will say, "Oh, hey, well, judgment? Are you going to? You know, the Bible talks about Christians being judged or going to a judgment. Um, yeah, the Great White Throne judgment, uh, and that's just because that's." probably the only one that a lot of Christians know about because that it tends to be the one that that pastors may, may talk about but you're exactly right that is misinformation for us to uh, as as born again believers think that we're going to the great white throne judgment and and that's one of the many reasons why this is such an important topic because if we don't even know we say this all the time around at uh, one Baptist church if you don't even know what judgment you're going to how can you be ready for it how do you know what you're supposed to be doing here? How do we know, like you said in the last episode, um, how do we know how to prepare for the exam, the final exam, as it were? And Robert, I don't want to, I'm going to, I don't want to jump in because I know I want you to read the verses, but I do want to say, and but the importance to understanding what you just said is so vital because, let me explain, if you think you're going to the great white throne judgment as a Christian, you read this passage and go, oh, as long as my name's written in the book of life, I'm good. And that's 99% of <laughs> and that's what Christians think. Okay, well then, my, I'm saved. My name's in there. I'm okay. My judgment's going to go well. Problem is that has, yeah. Yeah. Very white throat judgment is not your judgment. Yeah. Um, so I, I just, you bring up a very good point there. But uh, the great white throne judgment, um, man, if, if, if you are there to be judged for that, then... Um, that is the the very last place that you ever want to be, uh, because uh, your fate is is sealed. It is doomed. And 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 if you're listening, you may say, "Well, wait, no, the Great White Throne Judgment is for everybody." Mm-mm. No, no. Wait. Watch what it says here. Now, we as born again believers will see in a few moments. I'll share these verses that we will be there um, mm-hmm. judging, yep. right? And, and Paul even says we will judge angels. Yep. Uh, so we'll get there. But uh, Revelation chapter 20, uh, verse 11, I'll start there if that's okay. Uh, Paul says, and I saw a great white—thank you, Paul, yeah. (laughs) John says, and I saw a great white throne, and him that sat on it, from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away, and there was found no place for them. Uh, Verse 12, and I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God, and the books were opened, and another book was opened— which is the book of life, and the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. And verse 13 says, And the sea gave up the dead which were in it, and death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them, and they were judged every man according to their works. And then verse 14 goes on, And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death, and whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. And, and so just real quick, you can kind of just get a sense by by just reading that passage, the uh, the, the temperature, so to speak, <laughs> the, the environment, the feel for that uh, judgment seat. Um, I, I just read in verse 11 where uh, he says that um, John says he saw a great white throne in him that sat on it from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away and there was found no place for them. And you see these passages all over Scripture, but it's what Isaiah talked about in Isaiah 51.6, where he says, The heavens shall vanish away like smoke. I mean, listen to that. The earth shall wax old 
uh, like a garment, and they that dwell therein shall die in like manner. Um, Peter talks about it in 2 Peter 3, verses 7 through 13, when he says, The heavens and the earth which are now by the same word are kept in store, reserved unto fire against the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. Mm-hmm. And then he, he, he goes on talking about um, how uh, um, not to be ignorant that one day with the Lord is as a thousand years, and a thousand years is one day. And we, we've talked about that in former episodes, um, that the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, the heavens at that time shall pass away with a great noise. Uh, the elements shall melt with fervent heat. The earth also and the works that are therein shall be burned up. I mean, you, you just kind of get a feel for uh, the, the 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 circumstances and the surroundings of this judgment. Uh, does this sound like a judgment where Christians are going to be judged? Um, no, this is a judgment where God is judging sin, where he is judging the ungodly, the unrighteous, where he is judging Satan. And well, so I would say this, right? So, Christian, if you think you're going to the great white throne judgment, let me ask you this. Uh, and, and, Robert, maybe uh, you could answer this. Uh, do we have everlasting life? We do. Have we passed from death to life? Amen. So, as a Christian right now, are you going to die? Uh, no, not no. spiritually. No. And look what it says in verse 12. Right. And I saw the dead. Yeah. Small and great. Yeah. We're not dead. No. We'll never be dead again. We've been delivered from his wrath. Right. We've been passed from the kingdom right. of darkness to the kingdom of his dear right. son. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and by the way, in verse 11, it says, and there was found no place for them. Place for them where? With him. Mm-hmm. Are we found? We, we have a place with Amen. him. Amen. We are in Christ. Yes. Absolutely. So, and so, so these are just important things that uh, you, when reading this passage, make sure you understand what this passage is saying. Yeah, absolutely. And, and so uh, verse 13 there, uh, you know, those who are in hell uh, are going to be resurrected to, to face their judgment, right? Um, the the sea that we uh, we see in verse uh, 13 um uh, verse or this passage, I should say, uh, is is not the ocean. Right. Uh, biblically speaking, the sea is referring to the second heaven. Uh, when you compare, go back yep. to Genesis one, compare scripture with scripture. Um, undoubtedly, time and time again, the Lord proves that. Uh, but that's the second heaven, um, which ironically is where Satan and his devils uh, dwell in high places. The Ephesians, angels. exactly. That's the reason why it says that we're going to judge angels. Right, um, and I, I made reference to that earlier. First uh, Corinthians six, Good. Uh, verses two and three. Paul says, "Do ye not know that the saints shall judge the world? And if the the world shall be judged by you, are ye unworthy to judge?" The small matter, the uh, smallest matters. Mm-hmm. Know ye not that we shall judge angels? How much more things th- that pertain to this life? But Robert, judge not, lest you be judged. Uh, yeah, right. And so again, just another point as to why these conversations and, and rightly dividing these things in the Word of God is so important because um, we we just get so much uh, churchianity that we we don't know our Bibles anymore. Sure. You know. And 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 now, where it does say, don't get confused. Because where it does say in verse 13, and they were judged every man according to their works. Mm. Now we're not talking about the work of the Lord anymore. Mm-mm. Now we are talking about yeah. individual whereas, works. Whereas sin. the judgment sin. seat was yeah. in his body. The judgment yeah. seat was in what we did in his body. This is the works of the flesh, the works of people, right. sin. Now and, sin becomes the, uh, I don't even want to say the primary. <laughs> <laughs> I think that would even be an understatement. Mm. It becomes the That's it. thing when That's it. when it says the the book the books were a book was opened and then another book was opened. That book 
is all the sins that were recorded for all those who rejected the Lord. Now they're going to be judged for him because they didn't accept the payment that Christ made and were never born again. And so now the sin's got to be paid for. And if we just want to kind of get a, a, a picture or a play-by-play, so to speak, of what very well could happen at this judgment, uh, we need look no further than Romans chapter 1, where um, Romans chapter 1 and 2, where uh, we see the indictment that, yeah. that we, ha- uh, outside no of Christ, no ha- have um, earned uh, in, in our sin. And not just how we are indicted, but the excuses mm-hmm. that, that we today and I believe those at the great white throne will try to use as to why they ought not be judged for their sin. Um, excuses of ignorance, excuses of uh, circumstances, excuses of religion, you know, and the list goes on. But well, certainly Romans chapter 3 mm. uh, says that the whole world is going to stand clears before and, 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 and be guilty, be before, guilty God. before God. Clears that up. Yeah. Absolutely. So, Chris, can you, um, it says here in verse 14, it says, And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. Uh, two questions. Maybe you can help clear up uh, for our listeners. Number one, what, does, what, does, what is death? What does that mean? Uh, and, and second, um, uh, what is the second death? Okay. Well, death and hell, death, Satan is is representative of as being that of death, right? And death is a separation from God. That's what death actually is, and that's what our sins do. It separates us from God. And So Satan, tell me, talk to me about what is a physical death? Well, it's just that. We die physically, the body. And so what, what, what happens at a physical death? Your body dies and goes back to the ground, and uh, your spirit goes back to God who gave it. Your body goes into the, the earth, and your soul either is going to go to heaven or to hell based on your acceptance or rejection of uh, Jesus through so, the gospel. So there is a physical death. Mm-hmm. At physical death, your body goes back to the ground. dust to dust, yep. uh, Genesis 3, right? Okay, your, your spirit goes back, Ecclesiastes goes back to God who gave it. Mm-hmm. I believe that's Ecclesiastes 12.7, if I remember correctly. Uh, and, then, and then your soul uh, now is going to either... And and I would ra- I think I would rather say it this way, uh, your soul is either going to spend eternity with Christ, or it's going to spend eternity in hell, like a fire. Ultimately. And the reason why I say that is because eternal life isn't about a place, it's not about going to heaven. Right. Eternal life is about a person. It's a relationship. It's a relationship. Yep. Um, because that's what the separation's about. So so then, what is the second death? What is that all about? That's the spiritual death. That's the death where you didn't accept Jesus. And so now you will spiritually be dead, and this is what you'll be judged for at this judgment, and then ultimately your place will be the lake of fire. But so And you'll be cast into it alive, mind you. So what goes into the lake of fire? Your soul. Your soul, okay. So yeah. it's, it's just like what Jesus said in John chapter 3, mm-hmm. that, that first birth and that second birth, the first birth being the physical, that second birth being the spiritual, mm-hmm. being born again. That's why it's called being born again. Hence the so reason spiritual why, death is the second death. Right. Hence the reason why being born again is so critically important. Uh, you know, I've heard of people say like this, born once, die twice. Die twice. Yep. What, are they, what are they saying? You're going to die a physical death and yeah. you're going to die a spiritual death. Mm-hmm. Born uh, twice, die once. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're only going to experience... If you're a, born physically and spiritually, you'll just die physically. Right, right. Okay, good. Uh, and so the Great White Throne Judgment, just so that we're clear, it's going to take place at the end of the uh, thousand-year reign. It's going to involve uh, all of those from the time uh, of the dawn of 
creation to the end of the of the thousand year reign, anybody who has not accepted Christ, either not been born again or been counted righteous, uh, pending on which dispensation you lived in. Uh, and by the way, there is a difference between the two. Uh, but anyways, either way, uh, anybody who is not going to spend eternity with Christ, okay, uh, is going to be sent into the lake of fire. Uh, and do understand that hell actually has seven different compartments. Hell is going to be sent into the lake of fire. Mm. And by the way, uh, <laughs> I know this is... We could really go on a bunny trail right here. We're not going to, uh, but I'm just mentioning it so people can can do their own study. Uh, whether you are going to get a new body in Christ, uh, you know that's for all those that are going to spend eternity with Him. Do understand that if you get sent into the lake of fire, you get a new body too, mm-hmm. and that new body is Christ calls it a worm. Yeah, uh, that is going to be set up for torment. Uh, for all of eternity, and we go, man, that's just awful. Why would why would God do that to us? God didn't do it to us. God paid the price, so that didn't have to happen to us. He made sure that wouldn't happen, but yeah. we it's our rejected choice. that. It's our yeah. choice, mm-hmm. and there is, and and the point is, we need to make sure we understand, God is a God of judgment. He is fair. Uh, he, but he hates sin, and sin has a price. And the price will be paid for. Either you can choose to pay for it yourself, or you can choose to mm. to accept Christ and 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 let Him uh, take the payment for you. Amen. Yeah, um, it That's really is that simple. One more thing that I'd like to add before you close is that one thing that's true across all these judgments is that Jesus is the judge at all of them, yes. and it's the Word of God that's going to judge at all of them yep. because He is the Word of God. Yep. And for us today, uh, thinking about this great white throne judgment, knowing that we are going to be there witnessing mm. the judgment of the lost. I mean, I I, I believe that that, that is... I, mean, there I don't may, know what that looks like, because we're not really given much on it. But, but he does say that he will man. wipe away all tears, and, yeah. and I do believe that, at least in part, that is part of the reason why there will be tears, because we will see those... And, and our families, uh, and, and our neighborhoods, at work, etc., that we had opportunity to witness to, that either we didn't, or maybe we did, and they just didn't accept. But regardless, we're going to witness, essentially, God having the last laugh, so to speak, and um, casting them out into the, in that final judgment, and and witnessing that happen um, as as you know, a, a, an audience or a jury or or, or you know, judging, so to speak, is just enough to, to sound, uh, send shivers down your spine just to sure. think about that. And if, if you just took what uh, Pastor Robert just said and said, oh, what do you mean God having the last laugh? I would implore you to go read Psalm chapter 2 as he sits in the heavens and he laughs at those that rejected him. Mm. Uh, it's not, that's not a, he's laughing in a, no one told him a joke. Yeah, that's not that's not kind of the, what he's talking about. Is you thought you were smarter than me? Yeah, and, and, and now you have to pay the penalty for for not listening. And yeah. here's the thing: lest you think God is not just in in this judgment, you referenced Romans chapter one earlier, uh, Pastor Robert. And remember what it says in Romans chapter one: uh, the heavens declare 
uh, the glory of God. Uh, every human being on this planet knows God exists, and that's why he can say that they're held without excuse. So anybody at this judgment, mm-hmm. whether they heard the gospel preached by us or didn't, is going to be held without excuse by their own choice. So anyone at that judgment is there by their own choice. Yeah. Sure. All right, so one more thing I want to say here. We'll close up. And, and, and do, do note that uh, next uh, week we're going to be talking about uh, over the course of the, the the next couple of weeks, uh, we're we're getting ready for uh, uh, Resurrection Sunday, uh, uh, and so we're going to talk about you know the prophecies uh, and, and maybe uh, dig into a little bit about what the resurrection looks like, uh, and then the following week um, uh, we're going to be talking about you know uh, why one Baptist church. If you live here in Jacksonville, Florida, uh, we, we 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 implore you to come visit. Uh, and we just want to give you some uh, some understanding to uh, what this church is all about and why you might want to consider this church. Uh, so hopefully you'll uh, make sure you tune in for those. Uh, but we'll, I want to close on this. Uh, we've talked about Romans 1. We've talked about Romans 3. Let, let, let's finish with Romans 2. Um, and you say, well, uh, you know, what about all those that, 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 that never heard about God? What about, what, what about those people? What's going to happen to them? I mean, I remember before I was saved, that was always my big thing. And let me just say this. This is how righteous God is. God's not even going to judge them based on his own criteria. He's going to judge them based on their own criteria. Mm. Think about that for a second. Mm-hmm. I don't care if you're a pygmy in Africa. I don't care if you've never heard. Everybody has a moral code, standard. <laughs> somebody takes something from yeah. you. Somebody takes something from you that's you know that's stealing. If somebody murdered your wife, you ain't gonna. I don't care who you are. You ain't gonna be happy with that. You're gonna want to take vengeance. You're, you know, everybody's got a moral code, and so what God's going to do is He's going to judge those based on their own moral code, and we all know that even based on our own moral codes, we fail. They become a law unto themselves. Yes, absolutely. All right. Well, hope uh, that uh, there was uh, some good stuff there. Hope you learned something over the last, the last couple of uh, episodes. Uh, we're certainly uh, glad you listened, and uh, we hope to talk. Well, we'd love to have you email us your questions and stuff like that. Certainly, that is something you can do. Uh, but uh, hopefully, we'll, we'll, we'll be talking soon. Thank you for listening to The Revealing, a podcast ministry of One Baptist Church in Jacksonville, Florida. Senior Pastor, Frank Silvaggio. Associate Pastor, Robert Engel. For more information about One Baptist Jacks, please go to our website, onebaptistjacks.world, or email us, info at onebaptistjacks.world.